everybody welcome to pretty scary pretty scary boo i'm adam todd brown who are you i am carrie martin and that makes us your hosts carrie how's it going it is going well i almost had the opportunity to do a shot ski this past weekend what is a shot ski uh it's a row of shots on a ski oh that (laughs) so exactly what it sounds like that makes sense then yes and then you and whomever else just kind of line up and you have to do it together. It's like a trust fall, yeah, but at, with alcohol. At first, it just sounded like a funny way to say shot. And mm-hmm. I wasn't sure why you were telling me you had the chance to do one shot this weekend. Because we all kind of mm-hmm. had that chance, except like babies. But yeah, do they make a special ski that has... No, that doesn't make sense that they would be permanently attached. Because then you'd have to kind of drink them all at once. So it's just a ski with shot glasses set up on it. It's not like a special ski designed for alcoholic purposes. Yeah, I don't know if there is like a specific manufacturer of the shot ski. And to be honest, I don't know that it hasn't been copyrighted. So maybe this is our chance to make thousands of dollars. But I was at a friend's house in Colorado Springs this past weekend, and they were talking about how they had a shot ski at their bar. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that would be awesome. I would love to do one because I've seen one on Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen. (laughs) And they were like, well, actually, we have one here, too. But I couldn't get enough participants Hmm. to join me. So I opted out. I would have joined you. A shot ski sounds fun. Right? It's like one of those things that you're like, eh. I didn't know it was going to be on my bucket list, but now it feels like it should be. Right. Speaking of things that should have been on your bucket list, if you grew up where we grew up, the thing we're talking about today should have been a thing you wanted to do, which was go to the Bartonville Insane Asylum. It was closed by the time we were kids, so I don't mean you should have wanted to go crazy and go there, but it was a Halloween destination where we grew up. I would say a decent amount of us, because it was known to be an abandoned insane asylum, did go with a group of friends at some point and then nearly shit ourselves and left. It's a creepy, it's a creepy place. It's right. I mean, you've been there, right? Yeah. I went there during the day. Right. Same. Because my concern with anything like this, like any abandoned building, isn't ghosts. It's people and animals. Those are the two things I don't want to run into like if i run into a ghost it's fine but if there's like a bear in there the hell are mm. we gonna do mm. a bear in the middle of an abandoned insane asylum it's got Victoria, squ- illinois it's got squatters rights well i will say that when i went with a couple of girlfriends uh i want to say it's like right after high school so probably 94 95 we definitely saw satanic pentagrams and small animal bones so both people and animals would have been in there at some point. So then we hightailed it out. Yeah, that's the thing. It probably is haunted. But when a team like Ghost Hunters is going in to investigate a place like this, which that's how we're covering this. We're <laughs> covering the Ghost Hunters episode 
about the Bartonville Insane Asylum, which isn't even the name of the place. But back to my point, when Ghost Hunters is going in to do this, they're probably sending people in to, like, sweep the place first and make sure there's no one, you know, living there who might have a knife or something. And then what happens if there is? What if there was just a community of squatters living there and then Ghost Hunters just gentrified the place and kicked them out into the streets of Bartonville. Right. Like, I'll pay you some money to go do your crack elsewhere for about 72 hours. Yeah. How about you go grab a chicken sandwich and some Mm -hmm. meth Mm -hmm. and then come back later? Yeah, we don't have the resources for that. So we would just get stabbed by the meth people if we went. Oh, for sure. If we went at night. That's why you don't go at night because... You go during the day. Nothing bad happens during the day. Yeah. I didn't realize this place at no point was ever called Bartonville insane asylum well even the ghost hunters refer to it as the insane asylum in peoria you know the peoria insane asylum but in bartonville illinois which is right outside a small town right outside of illinois yeah peoria yeah it's very close to peoria i always called it bartonville insane asylum but it opened for business in 1902 and at that point its name was illinois hospital for the incurable insane Mm mm-hmm Which, is it even a hospital if you've already decided they're incurable before they even go in? Then it's just like a resort. (laughs) (laughs) Of, so to speak. Of debauchery? Yes. And torture? Sure. Yeah, that's your thing, for sure. That's somewhere you would want a vacation. You're right, that does feel ominous. Like we're already diagnosing you. And you know, the fact that you bring up- You're a lost cause, come here. The fact that you mentioned debauchery and torture is interesting because I didn't think of this until just now, but there's none of that with this place. You don't hear anything about, oh, patients were abused and people got murdered in the basement. If you read up on Dr. Zeller, the guy who founded this place, he was actually pretty progressive when it came to the treatment of mental health patients. And See, I have to respectfully disagree. Okay, couple things that were brought up in this episode that we're discussing was that some of the deaths that occurred were because of patients attacking each other. And yes, Dr. Zeller apparently took it as like, this is my home. These are my people, etc. But one of the triggers of the ghost was when they talked about electroshock therapy or the hydro, like the water therapy. Oh, sure. And yeah. talking about how that was a form of essentially torture. Yeah, I suppose that's true in that I don't suppose that's true. You're right. They do bring it up in the episode. (laughs) I guess they bring it up, if I recall. But in that case, that just plays into my theory that every insane asylum from back in the day is haunted. Every old building is haunted. Like where I'm living right now is probably haunted. Where you're at is haunted. Everywhere's haunted. Sure. Everything's haunted. There's ghosts everywhere. It's just a matter of whether they like us or not. Right. And it's, to be honest... And I know we're going to get into this, but I felt like I couldn't get a good read. Like, I kind of felt like maybe the ghosts weren't happy. But then at the end, I felt like they kind of surmised, like, oh, it's fine to keep doing your for-profit Halloween haunt here every year. (laughs) They'll allow that. But then I felt like there was times when they very much were not happy that we were there when they were exploring in the middle of the night. Yeah. A lot of mixed signals from this group Mm -hmm. of ghosts. Yeah, this episode, it's a very Ghost Hunters episode. It's no Ghost Adventures. That's for damn sure. It's a very dry Ghost Adventures. Yeah. Like, there's not a lot of personality. Yeah, that's the thing. And it, it all comes down to personal preference. It's Beatles or Stones. 
Like, mm-hmm. do you appreciate that the ghost hunters are all business and bring no theatrics to it? Or do you want Zach Bagans screaming at Dr. Zeller about electroshock therapy? I personally want Zach Bagans in the screaming. Bagans all day. And I feel like it produces more compelling results. Because a lot of this show is just them being in a very, very old and dark building and hearing scurrying sounds or stuff moving and being like, what's that? And it's like, I don't know. It could be a ghost. could be a raccoon. This building's right. a million years old. could be a person. Did you have any questions about their equipment? Because their equipment lit up during certain times when they asked questions. And I have to say that I very much was like, is this just for theatrics? You wonder, I guess, on these shows, like, is it just for theatrics or is this happening? Yeah. I wonder if how boring they are subconsciously lends a little more credibility to what they do. In which case, it would be easier to fake the shit that they show here because they do end up coming up with some pretty crazy evidence. But yeah, like the stuff where a box on the floor will light up when they say, hey, are you who we think you are? It's like, yeah, that's compelling if it's real, but it could also just be someone off in the distance turning that light on and off. Right. I say begging over authenticity any day. Agreed. 100 percent do you remember zeller zone was that no i don't was that like speed zone or no it it was like laser tag (laughs) no when i when i was growing up in peoria it was the mental hospital and i think zeller zone might have been the actual business name of it but it was a mental health facility and if anyone you knew had a breakdown or anything they got shipped off to the zeller zone for a while and i looked it up and the zeller zone is no longer active but it is not torn down it is now the north campus of illinois central college icc my alma mater for less than a semester joke used to be that icc stood for i can't spell which is a very good joke but also not true because two spelling bee champs were their alumni. Correct. Correct. Albeit so, you did not graduate. Yeah. But. Argue with the results though. Yeah. Right. You know. The no. Zeller Zone sounds fun though, right? Like it sounds like it would be a place where like Wolf Lodge where kids can go and have fun. Yeah. Play ski ball. Sounds like a place you should be able to, to party. The adults should be able to Win drink. Tickets. The kids. The kids have fun like a Dave and Buster's. Not a Chuck E. Cheese. Like a Dave and Buster's. Absolutely. Where they have a bar in the corner. Right. A more responsible experience where the parents can get hammered while the kids play games. <laughs> and then you that, let your kid drive you home on their lap. Without all their that lap. pesky three beer limit they put on you at Chuck E. Cheese. No, Do I'm they? not wearing a mask. Oh, yeah. They put a limit on the amount of beer you can drink if you show be- up with kids at Chuck E. Cheese. Is that because so many fights have broke out at a Chuck E. Cheese? Well, I think it's to discourage you from driving home drunk with your kids because oh. they know you're going to want to drink extra hard if you're around that many kids. So they All right. Well, I still stand by that it's prevent fighting. But... <laughs> it could be that, too. <laughs> so, yeah, this place, one of the main ghosts... If you read about this place, and he comes up in this episode also, is a ghost name Old Book. And that's his nickname. His real name is Manuel Bookbinder, a.k.a. A. Bookbinder. Except that's also not his real name. You see, he worked as a grave digger at Peoria State Hospital, which eventually became the permanent name of this place. And his name, Manuel Bookbinder, refers to the occupation he had at the bookbinding place he worked at before he started working at the hospital. And the story behind it 
is he was mute, so no one could ever ask him his real name, which begs the question, how did you ask what his previous employer was? Well, if he could read and write. Then couldn't you just say, what's your name? And he could write his name? That's smart. (laughs) Fair. I'm just saying there's some plot holes. (laughs) And I love that he was everyone's favorite employee. It's always the people who can't speak and create drama. That's everyone's favorite employee. Yeah. You could just talk at him incessantly and he's just going to listen and listen or just get up and leave the room. One of the two. Mm -hmm. But he's not going to say anything. That's yeah. That's kind of what I want out of a coworker, at least in that environment. Obviously not when I'm podcasting. It would suck if you just sat here silently this whole time, like you did for that whole hundred episodes of Pretty Scary. <laughs> and then finally, I reemerge and I just lean against an old tree and cry. <laughs> that's what old Book did. He was the grave digger, and as legend has it, he after every burial at this place because it was a hospital they had a cemetery on the grounds people died there a whole bunch he would just lean against a tree and weep which also makes it seem like he's not the right person for that job seems like he's taken it a little too personally and maybe you could get him on i don't know like kitchen duty something like that so you're upset that he's a compassionate employee I'm not upset by that. I'm upset by what it's doing to him. It's like the people on Facebook, those moderators who have to go through like the child porn images and the murders caught on videotape and things all day. And they come out of that with PTSD. I worry about that for manual bookbinder. Well, what if during his annual review, they're like, is there anything else that you would like to do in this insane asylum? Speak now or hold your peace. (laughs) All right. Last time you got to tell us. No, that doesn't sound like it. All right. What are you writing? Doesn't matter. Yeah, he's motioning frantically for like pencil and paper and they're like, nope, nope, we got to hear it. We got to hear it from your lips. It's just like when you're in the emergency row of an airplane, I need to hear that you are willing and complicit. (laughs) Enjoy your job. Oh, poor old book. Yeah, he was he was so much of a favorite that when he died, hundreds of staff and patients attended his funeral. And that's when some weird shit happened. This is a unique ghost sighting in that hundreds of people all at once claimed to have seen it. What happened is they were lowering his casket into the ground and they noticed that instead of feeling like a casket with a person in it, it seemed like it was empty. And almost as soon as they had that thought, they opened the casket and they hear crying off in the distance. And everyone turns and looks and they see old book leaning against his crying tree weeping. And Dr. Zeller is so freaked out by this, he demands that they open the casket, and as soon as they open the lid, the crying stops, and they find Old Book's body there, undisturbed. Hundreds of people claim this happened. Dr. Zeller wrote a book and claimed it happened. Spooky. I also heard that when they cut down the crying tree, that they heard it scream. Yes, there were several attempts to cut down the crying tree, and they said it made a wailing noise as if old book was still in it, which, why were they trying to cut down the crying tree? What did the crying tree do to deserve that? That's actually a great point, although I think per the epilogue, or the (laughs) prologue epilogue, the one at the end, epilogue? Sure. Okay, because I know we're going to get into the episode, and the father-daughter team who, out of all the things they could buy, bought this place. 
But essentially what ends up happening to the Peoria Insane Asylum is possibly why they try to cut it down numerous times. Oh, you mean the like the, the selling of it? Oh, yeah. The renovations and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder if, yeah, it eventually the tree just got struck by lightning and that's why it's no longer there. I wonder if a tree gets struck by lightning in the middle of a field and no one's around to hear it scream. Did it actually scream? Yeah, I don't have an answer. Yeah, I don't know. We'll never know if old book screamed when he got struck by lightning. We right. just know God had had enough. <laughs> right. Was like, shut up, it's young man. Time. <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, yeah, old book definitely comes up in this episode. Again, I'd be way more excited if this was Ghost Adventures. This show has never been my speed. I've always found it boring. Like, I, I even like Paranormal State better. And that, Agreed. That guy was like a hardened criminal and just a total grifter. But I thought he was a college kid. He was. Was like Penn State. <laughs> he was a college kid from Penn State who we did a couple episodes well we did an episode about him and then we covered an episode of paranormal state but yeah there's this whole saga with him where he ends up getting accused of bilking his fans out of money i think he had drug problems just all kinds of weird shit with that guy i think he got arrested a couple times he's a character it's probably why his show was better than ghost hunters I do remember I used to watch it and I felt like there was like a sexual tension with him and one of the girls oh, on that, his team. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were in college. Well, <laughs> another way to pick up on women. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yes. You're a nerd. And yeah, I know there's people who probably disagree. There's a reason Ghost Hunters is so popular. It's been on for a long time. I think it's still on Discovery Plus, I believe, brought it back because it Ended in 2016, and then it was just on A&E again in 2019. And now I think it's on Discovery+. Plus. So it's back. It's still no ghost adventures. But I'm sure there are people who, like even with true crime podcasts, there are people who want these subjects treated a little more seriously and for people to talk in hushed tones and the Bartonville Insane Asylum near where Carrie and I grew up. And it's like, fuck off. We're trying to have fun talking about the horrifying fate of all these dead people. Well, even the people that they interviewed, like one was a neighbor, I think. And she was like, oh, when I was in there, she felt something. And then she took off her scarf, which, you know what? Shame on you for wearing it. Like literally it was like a neckerchief, like one of those silk scarves for decoration. Get the fuck out. Like, you're in Peoria. Who are you impressing? Nobody. And then she had, like, two scratches on her chest. Yeah. They never really explain, like, who did the scratching? Who are the mean ghosts? I never really got a feel for any of these ghosts being mean. I didn't either. And again, it was, like you said, it was just kind of them roaming around half the time in an old wheelchair, putting out old restraints that they had used, you know, a light that may or may not have been plausible when they're talking to people talking about just kind of like random sounds. I always like the ones where they have like the voice box where it will translate what the ghost says. Yeah. Well, this also just occurred to me, but I think beyond 
Zach being so much of a showman. I think what is better about Ghost Adventures compared to Ghost Hunters is Ghost Hunters will, at least in this episode, and I think in the, we've covered a couple Ghost Hunters episodes, and in the previous one also, they gather what ends up being a lot of compelling stuff, but they wait until the end and just kind of go through all of it in order. Like they sit the person down who owns this place and they go, well, well, here's what we found. And then you see that some of the things that they were interacting with were actually kind of interesting. Ghost Adventures edits that stuff in as it's happening. Mm -hmm. They'll get a recording and then Zach will cut in and go, well, we analyze this later and fucking listen to what it said. Like, they can't do that in the field. You have to go listen to it on different equipment and whatnot. And So I think it's a matter of editing, too, that makes this show not quite as interesting. And this is season nine, so it seems like they hadn't quite sussed that out by this point. Well, there were a couple of things. And I know, again, we're going to go over it. But one was the doll. Yeah. So I know we're going to talk about that. And then also the white woman. The woman in white. <laughs> <laughs> The white woman was you the- You would have thought I would know by now. It's 2022, Carrie. The, yes, the woman in white. The white woman was the investigator in training. Weirdly, the only woman on the team is the investigator in training, and everyone else is an investigator. Okay. Yeah. That sounds like the early 2010s. That's when this mm -hmm. episode originally aired, 2013, back when the plan was still to renovate the main building of Peoria State Hospital, which is called the Bowen Building for- reasons that probably aren't interesting enough to even look up but if you ever see pictures of this place what you're probably seeing is the bowen building which is the main building because apparently at least according to the wikipedia page as of 2019 there were i think 19 buildings left on the grounds and 12 were occupied by what ghosts right but i read more and i think they put businesses and things in some of the buildings because it was like a cottage style setup where instead of a big building with a bunch of hospital rooms the rooms were like almost individual apartments yeah i wouldn't be surprised if it's a strip mall with victoria's secret uh, ross and olive garden probably and i would shop there i would quite frankly i think olive garden gets a bad rap it's very good the baked ziti come on mm, they have a very good lunch special yeah i didn't realize that there were so many buildings i guess on the property but I think at one time they had over like 2,000 patients there. At its height, there were 63 buildings, housed 2,800 patients at its peak in the 1950s. How do you see that many people? Like, where are they coming from? I know. In the middle of Peoria? Well, I mean, we grew up in Peoria. I know where crazy people are coming from. They're coming from Peoria. <laughs> but back then, you got to take into account, this was those freewheeling days where you could have your wife involuntarily committed for like cooking dinner you didn't like too many nights in a row and i also think that they took alcoholics and gave them like electroshock therapy or lobotomies or something to correct them yeah imagine being such an alcoholic that you get sent to the hospital for the incurably insane but then you get a lobotomy and you still like alcohol <laughs> <laughs> you probably like it more right? i think so this episode it turns out Dr. Zeller died in this building, which I didn't realize. And they theorized that maybe his ghost is there, which I'll give them that advantage over ghost adventures. Zach Bagans just needs to hear that a famous person ever visited a place. And he's like, do you think the ghost of George Washington is here? It's like, no, this is a 
mansion in Manhattan he stayed at for like two nights. Why would he come back and haunt this place, Zach? But this is a compelling suggestion that maybe Dr. Zeller just stayed behind after he died there. I could see that. If somebody is so attached to a place while they're alive, I kind of like the notion that you get to haunt it or inhabit it once you've passed on into your next state. Yeah. What do we think the team that bought this was planning to do with it? So it was a father-daughter team that essentially, I think, was trying to renovate it so that they could make money off of selling tickets and making it like a scary attraction. And I don't know if it was just supposed to be a once a year thing during Halloween or like come see this insane asylum and they would renovate it, but then put artifacts and glass cases. I'm not sure exactly, but essentially they wanted to commercialize it and profit off of it. I did see a website that was pushing tours for this place, but the website was never finished. If you click on book a tour, you just get a box that asks for your email and says to, it says it will contact you when tours are available, but also the copyright on the website is 2020. And I think that's after the building was torn down. So is that website real or is it a ghost? I want to say the article that I read about what happened to it essentially was that they had to get it passed by, I don't know, the city council or something in Bartonville because they had to get a loan through them and it barely passed. And I think possibly Bartonville thought that they would be able to collect some sort of tax money or something from it. So they approved it. So the father and daughter team were paying a thousand dollar a month, but then there was like one large balloon payment of 300,000 that they had to come up with. Jeez. And if they couldn't do that, which I believe is what ended up happening, that they were going to break down the buildings and they had people who wanted to buy the limestone that the buildings were made out of. And so the city was like, perfect. Then we get our loan repaid and these guys don't owe us the money back for the loan. So everyone is just kind of a wash. That makes sense. And $300,000, that's a lot for this building. I mean, I guess- That's a large balloon payment. Yeah, that's a whole lot. Right. So yeah, this place does not exist, basically anymore, but it did when this episode was happening. What'd you think of the picture of the woman in white? So the thing I didn't like about the two guys trying to say if it happened or not, because it does look, and I don't know how you could Photoshop that, but also I'm not good at Photoshop. So it very well could have happened, Right. but it did look at like a very real apparition in the photo that was taken. But when they were kind of talking about it in the dark, the two guys, one was kind of squatting and directing the other guy to line up in front of the door frame to see if it would happen, but they never had somebody on the ground looking up, trying to recreate that picture with the guy in the window to see if that would make sense. So just them saying like, oh, I can't prove it or disprove it. Again, it was very much fell flat. And not just that, but they were doing their experiment at night and the picture was clearly taken during the day. Right. That's not science. Like that's how Michael Peterson got convicted in the staircase. They're just doing the experiment to match their hypothesis. As somebody who barely pass any of our science classes without a tutor. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't get science really, but I was underwhelmed by their investigation. (laughs) Yeah, it was not a good investigation. The Mm. woman in white, they describe her as having long stringy hair and crazy eyes, which is rude. But Oh, so Kid Rock was there. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Um, We figured it out. They say the paranormal activity ratcheted up once renovations on the place started, which we covered a documentary a while back about 
ghosts in the White House, and specifically a demon in the White House, and whether there was a demon in the White House. Basically, the theory is a demon in the White House made every president who's ever done anything bad. That's what made him do it, was these demons that were first introduced when the White House was renovated by, I want to say, Truman's wife. But I think it was actually earlier than that, maybe like Grover Cleveland. At some point, Someone's wife renovates the White House and it just stirs up all kinds of ghosts, except no, it didn't. It's just that our government's very corrupt and sometimes our leadership does bad things. Do you ever think when there's a new first lady that she goes in and sages the place? I bet it's a case by case thing, but I'm sure some have. (laughs) Like, you know, Nancy Reagan did. Right. She had all those weird advisors in Reagan's ear, like mystics and psychics and things. Nancy Reagan was batshit insane. Well, I feel like Melania would have too. I, she was the most begrudging of her position. Like whenever they have audio, she's always like cussing and just a very bad employee of the White House. Like she very much doesn't want to be there. Yeah, I could see her having someone sage the place for her. I doubt she, oh, she wouldn't do it no. herself. That place is huge. No. But yeah, I could see her bringing in a team. Right before she does yoga. Yeah. Right outside the Oval Office. So the TAPS team gets right down to business and they start walking the hallways looking for the woman in white while one of them pushes the other in a wheelchair. And this is where I feel like the editing is coming into play because there's a long stretch in the middle of this episode where it's just kind of them in dark rooms hearing sounds off in the distance and being like, what's that? What was that? Yeah. Did you hear that? And in some of those moments, there are weird things they catch on audio that where the bag man edited in this, he would jump in and be like, guys, you're not going to believe this. But they don't. They don't do that. So for a long, long time in this episode, it's just them going, what's that? What was that? What was that? Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Here's the other thing, and I think you're about to get to it, but the doll in the corner. Yeah. The creepy doll in the corner. And they say, oh, look at that creepy doll, which somebody obviously left there on purpose because you could tell by all the spray painting and everything on the walls, people are writing like stay out and also taking their names. Like it's the green room at the comedy store. Like that was bizarre. (laughs) But it's like, obviously people are like leaving things to be scary or they planted it there. But the thing I really didn't like about the doll is they walked away for, I don't know, two nanoseconds apparently. And then they come back and they're like, oh, it fell. But it fell at an odd angle. It fell to the side instead of face first. But hey, so sorry. We didn't catch it on camera. Yeah. And in the end, when they're talking about having captured that, he just goes, Murphy's Law. And it's like, no, come on. You at least got (laughs) to tell us what malfunctioned. If nothing else, as soon as you see this creepy doll that is allegedly there before you get there, why would you not set up a camera and just point it at that? That's what Zach would do. That's what dad would do. Wait, did you just refer to Zach as dad? No, you you did. (laughs) I think. Didn't you? No, I think you did. Dad Baggins? You're haunted, man. (laughs) Fucking haunted. Did you drink at all? No, 
I was joking okay. when I said, because that's not how dad does it. And that's not how mom does Never mind. Point a camera <laughs> at the fucking doll is what I'm getting at, you know? Mm-hmm. But they didn't. And then it fell. And then, but you know what else Beggins would have done is he would have taken that doll back to his museum in Nevada and put it in a glass case. Hell and yeah. There would have been a whole story around it. Yeah. He would have bought the doll. He would have paid the father and daughter for it. He wouldn't have just Oh, even if they weren't asking it. for money, he would have bought it. Yeah. He would have just <laughs> dropped money on the way out. Zach Beggins is nothing else. He's bad with money. (laughs) Oh, yes. That's for sure. So, yeah, there's just a bunch of scenes of people walking around, shouting out names and hearing sounds. Cut to commercial. Come back. There's this one pair that's been walking around this room for six hours. And that is when I realized ghost hunting is not for me. That Mm -hmm. seems very labor intensive. If nothing else, it's way more labor intensive than just critiquing ghost hunters on the internet. But you're getting your steps in. That's true. That's Yeah. I guess I didn't think of that. I don't know how else I'm going to get my steps in (laughs) if I don't take up ghost hunting. (laughs) Right? I'm wandering around at 3 a.m. in a completely black building, which if this were true if they really were you know the timelines are correct i think there would be a point where it was dark and you know you're scared but after hour six i'd be like no big deal yeah it seems like you'd get desensitized to it a little bit and even hearing the noises it's an old building i would be shocked if i was in a building that old and didn't hear anything that would be creepier i would expect to hear some scurrying and like water dripping things like that but mm-hmm. yeah every sound they hear they're like oh my, what was that? like imagine how much footage there must be of them hearing sounds that really did turn out to be absolutely nothing and they took their five best what was that <laughs> <Yeah>. moments <laughs> exactly and that made it yeah there's a lot of people in this group i was losing track the two that find the doll once they showed up i was like who the fuck is this now Dude, it was like the Wu-Tang Clan (laughs) investigations. And yeah, I hate that the one girl in the group is credited as investigator in training. It's like, what does that even mean? That feels like some, can you believe girls do this too? Kind of shit. Yeah. Just, is she in in the room? Is she holding the fucking gadgets and going ghosts? what, What kind of training do you need? Like how much... I would think it would be like a self-study course. Like you just kind of go at your own pace. Yeah. Is that her first episode? Because if she's been on any episode before, I feel like you can drop the in training. She's a pro now. But no, she's still the investigator in training. Yeah. I would also be freaked out if I heard some of the scurrying sounds that they heard. But I'd be freaked out because I'd assume it was a rat. And I, I don't fuck with rats or any small animal. I don't like anything that can make sudden moves. And rats. Like people? Yeah. Oh, oh, especially people. That's the last (laughs) thing I'd want to find in there is a random person. dangerous game. Exactly. How funny would it be if they heard all these sounds and it turned out to be Zach Bagans? They just showed up. Like with chains in the corner? (laughs) Yeah. They have a (laughs) dance off. That is a show. What? Ghost Hunters v. Ghost Adventures? Yes. Yeah. Like Tokyo Drift or something. (laughs) Battle of the Bands. Right. I would watch that. I would like some sort of competition, like the challenge on MTV, but with ghost adventuring people. Yeah, they should send ghost adventures and ghost hunters in the same building at the same time. See who gets the better results. Right. And Zach Beggins is like, oh, my God, I'm scared of heights or I was never good at swimming. I quit. (laughs) I would totally watch that. Yeah, there is 
a new ghost adventure spinoff that we are duty bound to cover, which is called Ghost Adventures House Calls. So now okay. if you just have your own personal haunted house, Zach Bagans will come spend the night, Airbnb your place. Do one of us reach out. I volunteer as tribute. I don't know why we wouldn't. Right? Has he ever been on any podcasts? I'm sure. He was on Wheel of Fortune in 1998. Okay. So, <laughs> so little, I'm sure, sure he's been on some podcasts. A little podcasts. different than a podcast, but <laughs> a little. I always like to reach out to people and just kind of like throwing spaghetti at the wall and hoping that they come on. So, you know, if you're R. Kelly's ex-wife, girlfriend, <laughs> we're talking to you too. Both of you. We'd love to have you both on at the same time. Zach Bagans and R. Kelly's ex-wife. Ex-wives. <laughs> Ex- Except for the one that is no longer with us. Right. Rest in peace. Mm-hmm. I wonder where she's haunting. Probably R. Kelly's studio. Oh, for sure. By the way, do you know what his sentence was? I don't remember. I don't either, but I do know he got sentenced and I can't remember how long. If anybody, I mean, we could Google it, but if anybody out there knows, please add us at Pretty Scary on Twitter. And I don't know how that ties into anything. I guess I'm just curious slash lazy. Well, let's let's look it up. Mm-hmm. I want one of his last interviews to be with Gail, Oprah Winfrey's best friend, and then his next to be with us. <laughs> yes, please. His we can't get to the Blink-182 guy. His sentencing has been delayed. Mul- okay, so he was convicted, but not right. sentenced yet. Multiple times, most recently May 20th, so like two weeks ago. Yeah, that's new-new. Yeah, that's that new-new. <laughs> uh. Not not a good association to make when you're talking about R. Kelly. Oof. So, yeah, they're milling around in the basement of this place. They're in the attic. They're putting trinkets out. Remember the early 2000s when we had to carry all these ghost hunting gadgets with us? Now it's mm-hmm. all on your phone. It's all on your phone. This is like seeing someone still using an iPod in 2022. Right. But then it's like, wait a second. Are you texting someone or are you working? So Also, I still have an iPod. In 2022. Good. Right? Bring them back. Yeah, bring back that. And you know what else I used to really like was the CD Walkman. Does anybody but me want that back? I think you might be the only one there. (laughs) I like it because I felt like it gave my arm a light workout. Yeah. I mean, as fun as it is for music to skip when you land especially hard while jogging. Or walking. Yeah. Yeah. Driving in a car. Any Mm -hmm. of that. So... Yeah, the creepy doll, I have that in the notes. It falls, and they're very weirded out by it. But again, they don't. They say they heard a sound when it fell, and it's like, yeah, it fell. It was probably the sound of the doll falling. Like, when somebody pushed it. I heard a weird noise. It was a cameraman. I heard a weird noise in my place last night, and this morning I discovered a piece fell off one of the windows. And that's probably what the sound was, was the put two and two together there. It was probably the sound of that happening. And they probably heard the sound of that doll falling. But again, without it being on camera, an animal could have ran past it. There could have been a draft. They could have faked that shit. That doll looked like it was purchased in 2011. It did not have creepy doll vibes. It looked like it could be refurbished and given to a child and it would be a perfectly fine gift. Oh, yeah. It wasn't an old doll for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I know I'm supposed to trust the Ghost Hunters team more. Than ghost adventures, I think, but I don't think I do. I don't. I don't. Ghost snooze, am I right? Right. Ghost snorers. <laughs> ghost put me to sleep. Please. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think we nailed it. I think we got it. <laughs> definitely so then they they go outside right and they're trying to find bookbinder yeah they go out to the cemetery which why weren't you just out in the cemetery the whole time i do like Mm -hmm. when the investigator in training tries to talk to the doll that got knocked over and it's like lady you are not a real investigator it's not gonna respect not yet credentials at all you need to have tango Yes, Dr. Tango. Dave Tango. Dave Tango. He was her partner, and he's a real investigator. Mm -hmm. Not like that dame he was working with. So, yeah, they head out to the cemetery next to try and conjure up the spirit of manual bookbinder. And same deal. They ask if this is where he used to be sad. And when they do that, one of their machines lights up, which also happened back in the Bowen building at one point. And it's like the most compelling thing that happens up to this point what the noises yes see i thought the camera or the videography of them showing the crew walking in the dark over to the crying tree and then whatever that that shadowy figure was that's what i'm saying they show that later Mm -hmm. when they're first showing that scene where they go out to the cemetery they show you that they have this camera set up but then all you really see is the machine lighting up and then Nothing comes of the camera until they do that part at the end where they're going through all the evidence they found. Then they're like, look, here's the shadow figure we found. And it's like, just edit that in back when you were in that moment. And this would have been more interesting. And it was. That really was interesting. But the shadowy figure almost looked like a centaur. Yeah, the shadowy figure they pick up is creepy because you're right. They show later what it looks like when the crew is walking back and forth in that area. And it looks nothing like the King of the Shadow people they caught on that camera. That that was a ghost. That was a ghost. Ghost of Manuel Bookbinder is definitely in this cemetery. And I bet if he could tell them anything, it would be, I can actually talk. They just gave me that name and told me not to. That was probably the most legit thing I saw in this entire 38-minute episode. Yeah. It was a shadowy figure. Yeah, the shadow ghost at the end is interesting. And they did pick up some interesting voices that they all play in this like seven minute span at the end of the episode. But then by the time they play them, it's hard to remember what situation were they in where they actually picked up the sound. Right. Again, just edit it back in in the moment like the Zack attack does. I like when uh, the Tango and uh, one of the other... Cash. Uh, members <laughs> yeah when they're walking around near the end and they're kind of like all right well we tried bad cops and now we're gonna be good cop so we're doctors but we're non-threatening doctors <laughs> who don't do any sort of torture tactics are you there and that was kind of like their last hail mary pass yeah and that also didn't really work that no, it well. didn't. but yeah because that's boring you got to come in and threaten to punch them Like Zach Bagans. Actually, he doesn't do that that much anymore, but he used to. But even the Comedy Store episode, he got a little... Yeah, he he gets a little ramped up. He did scream at Brody Stevens. (laughs) He did. For no reason. Yeah, Zach's good at screaming at ghosts who died in horrifying situations. Which I sent you the article because I'd completely forgotten about it. There was somebody, gosh, 2015, which would have been after they recorded that episode because it was during the pandemic but that was shot on the patio of the comedy store i'd completely forgotten about that yeah i forgot about that too i remember after it happened 
for one thing, I remember comedians posting like, oh, my God, I was just at the comedy store two nights ago. And it's like, calm down. There were people on the patio when it right. happened. Let's hear them grieve first. Right. Well, Brant Tobler is a good friend of mine. He's a comic. And I remember he was being interviewed a lot because he was like, I was like on the patio. I was like feet yeah. away. And he was like, you know, it makes you scared that anything could happen, obviously, at any time. But I think they ended up deducing that it was a targeted attack where they knew he was going to be checking out a comedy show that night. And so they went there. I don't remember exactly how it played out. In a way, I was kind of surprised that didn't come up, too. Yeah. In the Comedy Store episode. Right. Or like do you mean somebody the, was murdered recently. Bartonville Asylum episode. <laughs> no, I mean in the first one that we did. The Beggins episode. Yeah. The Great Beggins. Dad. You know him as dad. Yeah. That is interesting that it didn't come up in that episode. Huh. But their recap at the end of the Bartonville episode is very lackluster. And my guess is, and I think they alluded to this in the article I read essentially about funding is they did the ghost hunters episode thinking that like possibly maybe it would rouse up investors, I think, but there really was nothing to report back on. Essentially, they said, you're fine. The ghosts are fine with whatever commercial projects you two want to put on. <laughs> Is completely fine. I was like, actually, I don't remember them saying that at all. Like the woman in white, they were like, yeah, we don't think she's happy that people are here. Like they had a few instances where people weren't stoked that anyone was there, but then their wrap up was that it's okay to proceed with what you're doing commercially. Yeah. I think they specifically ask one of the ghosts if it's upset about the renovations. Correct. And it's like, I think it said yes. And it's like, yeah. Or however the machine <laughs> it talked through responded. But mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And then at the end, they're just like, fuck it. This place is fine. Let's get out of here. This place sucks. Yeah. Wrap it up. Bye, Peoria. Deuces. <laughs> I like when they first pull up to the episode. One of the guys is like, oh, man, I've never even been here. It's like, oh, really? You've never been to abandoned Peoria State <laughs> Hospital in Bartonville, Illinois? Go I mean, they're just driving among cornfields. Like, <laughs> yeah, no shit. Yeah. I saw Springsteen there in 77. <laughs> you weren't at that at least? Come on. This is nuts. Can you imagine if Springsteen was performing there like five years after it closed? <laughs> or if he died and was just randomly haunting that place? Mm-hmm. Never been here. Saw it on Ghost Hunters. That's my Springsteen. Ghosting in the USA, <laughs> I was... Oh, rest in peace, Bruce. Mm-hmm. He's very much alive. Yeah, he's still he's still alive. So yeah, the episode ends with them going through all their evidence and uh Which is none. Yeah. And I mean, to their credit, at least they have an ending. Ghost Adventures episodes just end. Like mm -hmm. there's no hey, can you believe what we found? It's just Zach's walking up a set of stairs and credits. He could be literally getting chased by an actual ghost. <laughs> And they would still, if it's minute 43, they're cutting to credits and you're not finding out. He could have died. And it's not going to be on that episode. He'll just be a ghost himself on the next one. No he explanation. He will never die. Probably not. Well, I don't know. He's definitely mortal. We know that after the bull demon blinded goat him. demon. Was it a, I think it was a bull, I, wasn't it? I thought it was a goat. Again, add us on Twitter, but I thought it was a goat. <laughs> sound, way, off in the, sound off in the comments. <laughs> goat demon or bull demon? Settle versus settle this age. Well, if I had the password, I could post <laughs> and get a poll going. I will send it to you <laughs> sure. after we record. Sure. So 
Do we have anything to plug before we get out of here? I think that's our episode, unless we have any final thoughts on the Bartonville Asylum. We should have tried to buy it when we had the chance. Yeah, I was going to say, there's not much we can do with it now. No, no. We could, like, do a pod on the grounds, probably. Yeah, but... Who's going to stop us? Police? I mean, no one. (laughs) (laughs) Old book? It's old book. (laughs) Sound of old book crying in the background of our podcast the whole time. And isn't it weird that he was mute, but people could hear him cry? (laughs) That is very strange. (laughs) Could he sneeze? Did he sneeze? He make noise when he sneezed? I don't know. I got so many questions about old book. I got more questions and answers now. And weren't there books that needed binding at Peoria State Hospital? He couldn't have just That's what he's doing in the afterlife. Probably. He's happy again now. He doesn't weep at work every day. (laughs) Yes. Oh, poor book. You're my boy, book. Doing what he loves. So do we have anything to plug before we get out of here? Uh, If you want to follow me on Instagram and watch me spending a lot of money to go to weddings out of state, I'm Carrie Martin 22 or on Twitter, Carrie Martin 722. Very nice. I am Adam Todd Brown on Twitter and Instagram. You can also follow Pretty Scary Boo at Twitter and Instagram. That is uh, the social media sites that Carrie will definitely have the login to. As soon as we're done recording. Mm. Also, I think we're going to do a live Unpops podcast in New York in August. So be on the lookout for that. Tickets will be available soon. And uh, I think that's it. Let's get the fuck out of here. Carrie. Let's get out. Say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you.